Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and another episode of Letterboxd Recap, where we go through the movies we've been watching this past week, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 of 5 of you listeners. So excited to do this. This is Letterboxd number 22, and we're also going to go through some fun Letterboxd reviews of Midnight Ruin, and we're joined by... Our producer for our show, Natalie, just hop on board for the show. What, a month and a half ago, you became our producer. Say hello to everyone. This is Natalie. Hi, guys. This is Natalie, the producer of Raiders of the Lost podcast. I ambushed them into a meeting, and now I own the company. She owns, She's CEO. She texted us to meet for coffee. She's like, hey, I'm at a coffee shop near you guys. Do you want to come by and grab coffee with me? And then it turned into a lunch meeting, and then it turned into us signing over the ownership of Mirror Image Productions, LLC, somehow. Yeah, she signs our checks now. (laughs) I sign the checks. (laughs) Lunch on me after this. So, Natalie, welcome to your first little guest spot on Raiders of Lost Podcast. This will not be the last time you hear Natalie's voice, but we figured why not have some fun with Letterboxd Recap and toss you in here. Now, on this episode, as you know, we go over Letterboxd reviews of ourselves as well as the fans. But first, before we get into that... It's been a week for our short film on Letterboxd, and we had lots of amazing reviews, but we also had so many funny reviews, and I just wanted to read some of these on. These Please are the, do. These are the Please best do. ones. All right, so Midnight Ruin on Letterboxd from Jared Lowry. It's Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in an alternate universe. That's pretty accurate, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> true. Pretty accurate. Even and then, the desert landscape. <laughs> Darshan Patel wrote, Darshan! New, he's literally me character just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Darshan's awesome. He actually just made his first short film. I can't wait to check it out. It's called The, F- the House Fly. Yeah, it's uh, festivals right now. And Darshan used to do a lot of graphic work for us, so he's an awesome guy. So Darshan, what's up, pal? This one's from Mel. Men will literally fight each other in a desert rather than go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think it's about that? It's true. What it's do you think true. about that one? And when you talk, you can go right, like, bring that mic in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you um, go. Get that soothing voice in. <laughs> I have a nice radio voice. No, it's true. Men will literally fight and they'd be like, no, it's all good. We're cool. Yeah, bro. We're cool. Let's just murder each <laughs> and other. And there's just a pile of dirt under a rug and you're like, no, 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 everything's fine. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Betterhelp.com. <laughs> we got a one-star rate review from Khaki Rock. Uh, shot like a TV show. Script is mid. Acting is whatever. Not visually or thematically interesting. <laughs> I, I hate like the way people review movies. It's mid. It's mid. It's mid. There's no way. The amount of work that goes into a script. <laughs> There's no way. It's just mid. Acting is whatever. <laughs> hey, at least he watched it. <laughs> My jaw's open. But yeah, we're not going to ignore bad ratings. You know, I mean, no matter rating. what yeah. you make, like Kills of the Flower Moon is getting one-star ratings. Dude, I saw some one-stars and I was like, what? Really? Did we watch the same movie? We got There are a lot of hate comments in our YouTube episode of it. Yeah, not for us, but on the movie. I was shocked yeah. by them. I saw mm. a couple this morning. It was like, someone said it was a piece of crap. I'm like, yeah. what? Someone called it horrid. I'm like, how is it horrid? Jeez. All right, moving on to Jared Weiss. 9 out of 10. Best Subaru ad I've ever seen. <laughs> Subaru Forester 2017. Come on. Yeah, you both have the same car. We, we have the, the same, same car. car. Can, we speak, can we speak on that for a minute? <laughs> it's a yeah. great car. I love my Subaru. It's a Subi. fantastic car, but mine but is she has the tail. Sporty. She has the tail yeah. back, so it has like a sportier look in mind. Without yeah. the tail, it looks boxier. I hate the boxy. It's why I'm um, a Forester fan. What's the other one? Subaru, Subaru um, uh, Outback? Outback. Yeah, Outback. Yeah. I'm not an Outback fan. I'm not either. Yeah. I thought I wanted the Outback and then I drove both and I was like, the Forester's way better. Plus exactly. it has so much space. But 
Yeah, my Subaru made a huge cameo in the film. <laughs> in your license plate. We got a great shot of yeah, uh, we got a great shot plate. of him speeding through the that turn. Yeah. I swear, I thought he was gonna hit us at one point with that car. He I was, was like, just do it, man. He was bombing, and we had the might, we had the boom, and the cameras. Me and you, we were standing right at the bend. Like when he takes yeah. that turn going like forty, I'm like, oh shit! If he like spins out, we're, we're dead, dead. <laughs> on a dirt road and going forty five in the desert in Palmdale, in the middle of the desert. And like he how long you both? <laughs> <laughs> takes credit for the movie mm-hmm. legit takes over the podcast anything anything for the shot anything for the shot everybody next up we have josh donahue who wrote should have been feature length unsubscribed <laughs> <laughs> then uh louis santiago wrote i wonder how much dirt he ate <laughs> a lot Bro, oh, i remember lot. watching that and i'm like was that for real so uh, d- uh rob um, bobby, bobby our actor he actually made a mistake where when the door, dirt was poured on his face, he was supposed to exhale, but it, he accidentally inhaled like a, oh a ton. And we've, then, all, we've all done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I did that this morning. So know, getting the, buried dirt, alive. the dirt literally, he just, he inhaled the dirt into his throat and, and nose. But what a trooper for letting us But he was laughing it off after. He's committed. Yeah. It took a while to fucking clean him out though. Like he was <laughs> dirt everywhere, but he was smiling and giggling and he's like, yeah, whatever guys, I'd do it again if I had to, so... He was a trooper for that. Actors, an actor. Man. Yes. Yeah. You've done a bit of acting. You know what it's like. I've, I've done a bit of acting. Do not look me up. Look her up. Everybody. She <laughs> has not great, look up great my vlogs. Channel. Incredible the vlogs. The Joke's ghost. on you. I literally archived all of them. Oh, too bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that ghost Scrubbed. hunting one, though. Come on. It was great. That ghost was good, yeah. It was entertaining. All right. Next one, we have Ayomidi Akeju wrote, hashtag justice for Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that. You, you got mean, fucked up, yeah, man. You got <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and next, uh, Andre Charles wrote, "I can excuse shoot and bury a friend, but I draw the line and bury him alive." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're spoiling the movie. Yeah, it's all good. It's been out for a week. It's, we can't. It's been out for a week. Everyone who's listening to this would have seen it. <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Next, we have Cam Arnold. We will watch your careers with great interest. Oh, thanks so much. That's <laughs> a, a reference to Jedi. Revenge of the yeah, Sith. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have <laughs> King TK. Peak on God, no cap for real. <laughs> it's such a Gen Z review. That is a millennial. Millennial? No. no we're no, millennials. No. I know. That's a millennial Trying to fit cosplaying in. as a Gen Z. Okay. How would you say it? Yeah. I'd be like. What's the proper way to word that? Say it again. Peak on God, no cap for real. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I, I barely understood it. <laughs> say less. <laughs> say say nothing at all. Say no words. No words. Yeah, this is the new the new slang. Yeah, this is no literally words. this is the new response. Gucci. Gucci. All right, no, this, this is action. This oh, just nothing. <laughs> yep. All right, here's my favorite one. Wilbo Baggins was definitely worth watching, especially in math. <laughs> in math class. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if I could only imagine what it's like having a smartphone in class, I would be so distracted as well. Not gonna lie. Yeah, teachers don't even take them away. They're just kids on their phones all the time. <laughs> Our nephews tell us they just don't give a shit. <laughs> all right, next up, Kelly seven 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 wrote, "Pretty good, seen better." Hey, no, it's the reference. Oh, the, the inside joke. Gotcha. It's five star rating. Five star rating. <laughs> My jaw's on the floor. It was a it was a while ago. Some hater on uh, one of our episodes. It was a great film, and they said pretty good scene better oh about God. the film. Uh, was it like Blade Runner twenty forty? It was something. Yeah, it was something. I mean, technically, it technically is. Technically, it's yeah. true for everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a wrong thing. It's not wrong. It's not. Have, it's not polite, but I it's not wrong. I've seen better movies than Blade Runner twenty forty nine. 
All right, Childish, Childish Sambino wrote, worst friend of all time? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know, Anthony sucks. <laughs> Damn, it's coming out. Just kidding. You're so nice. Wow, you've been working Shut on Shut up. <laughs> I'm feeling Anthony's arms right now. They are solid, bro. Solid. Not mushy at all. Look at those. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Trying to sugarcoat that bird. It's the gladiator music. <laughs> yeah. Gladiator. Anthony just only listens to On God singer. for real. <laughs> no cap. Say less, bro. Next up, Owen wrote, incredible job not throwing up when he got dirt in his mouth. <laughs> I thought he was going to die, honestly. <laughs> his body temperature plummeted. Yeah. Because it was cold and we did not, we should have covered him with like a blanket An under the dirt. Because yeah. we saw, we showed, we didn't show his body getting buried, just his face. We did cover his body. He was, sh- he was showed buried for one shot. Okay. Up to his face. No, but like, I mean the sand, the dirt being put all over him. Yeah, yeah. This, we, we could have done a better job. Oh, yeah, we could have. But Maybe getting those, like, little pocket heaters. Mm-hmm. Put them <laughs> just in cover them shoes. with them. <laughs> just, like, a little teeny, like, one-by-one one <laughs> yes. pockets all over his body. Don't worry, man. These keep you warm. <laughs> uh, Main Cinema Pod wrote, $250,000? I would have shot him in the bar parking, parking lot for five grand. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> when you know times are tight, bro. Those student loans. <laughs> Then uh, Visible Bruckman, YouTube Carpenter. I like it. It's like a John Carpenter uh, compliment. Oh, nice. I like that. I like that. I love nice. fucking John Carpenter, man. All right, next time. Next one, uh, Trevor, uh, two stars, wrote, I love the pink sky and the nighttime shots. And that was about it. <laughs> Not even mad. That's funny. <laughs> that was brutal. I was dying when I saw that. I mean, it's a two-star rating, but that's funny. That's funny. It was a beautiful short, no matter like you know what anyone says. It was at least visually beautiful. Thank you. Jared C. Film wrote, this fucks five stars. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that's it for our hilarious Midnight Ruin reviews. Thanks to everybody who watched the film and leave a rating and a review. We Left a rating, it. Anthony. Left a review. Yes. Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's get into the letterbox top four of five listeners. Now, again, if you want to send in your top four, just screenshot it and DM it to us on Instagram. First up, we got Jax Kendrick. Ooh, this is a good one. They have a black and white color palette for all their custom posters for favorites. We have Oppenheimer. I respect that already being in the top four. I respect that. Absolutely. Oppenheimer. I'm still thinking about it. Still. Then we got the Dark Knight. This poster is great. It's a black and white poster with uh, the Joker cards falling. Fantastic. Then we have The Godfather. The Godfather. Godfather. Amazing. Amazing. You haven't seen The Godfather? (laughs) (laughs) Barbie reference. Barbie reference. And then The Prestige. Amazing. We talked about that in yesterday's episode that we recorded. Yeah, we fucking love The Prestige. Prestige Sensational film. Are you watching closely? Great picks. Great poster selections, too. The Prestige posters. It's a black and white poster of the broken um, tank with water already spilled out of it with the hats inside of it. Oh, that's there's cool hats post. inside the tank, too? Yeah. That's sick. I got to get that on the Prestige on my letterbox. I, we, someone's got to sell these somewhere. Like Some of the posters on the letterbox are just so sick. Yeah. It, well, anyone can add, add them. No, but I mean like sell them at a, like a company. Yeah. Maybe you should do it, man. 
sell I'm, James's I got, I, letterbox posters. I have too much going on. Drop ship on Amazon all these like letterbox. <laughs> For real. I got. I mean, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> all right. Ne- next up, we have Kaylee Lewis. Her top four are also. She's got a, a photo of Francis McDormand from Fargo as their bio. I love it. We got Black Swan. Okay, I have a lot of respect for that. That's movie. a great pick. Then we got Goodfellas. I love that pick too. Goodfellas is amazing. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent one, The Favorite. Amazing Your top Ghost four. This film. I love that list. This is a great list. That's one of my favorite we've ever heard. And I'm sure Kaylee's excited for Poor Things. Oh, I can't wait. December so December 16th it comes out, I think? Yeah, it's mid-December. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited. And she's recently watched Barbie, Oppenheimer, Boogie Nights, and Little Women. Although this was probably like 16 months ago because it's an old screenshot. Still bangers. <laughs> yeah. Boogie Nights, four and a half stars. Much respect, Kaylee. Respect that. Next up, we got Grayson. Grayson, who is one of our longest listeners of all time. We got Goodfellas again. Nice. Amazing poster of the the, tr- the trunk being open with the red light. Excellent poster. Then Evil Dead 2, which I actually just watched last night. Do you think it's better than Evil Dead? It's uh, it's tough. It's debatable. We, I can talk about it in a little bit. Don't don't pressure me, man. Give me a second. Wow. He's... I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Did I pressure him, Natalie? I'm not, I'm not ready for I that. I felt a little pressured. You... Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Gaslight. <laughs> Gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> then we got... Warriors come, come out and play. Great pick. Love it. Great pick. We haven't seen that yet in the top four. Have you ever seen Warriors, Natalie? No, I haven't. It's an all timer, man. What's the premise? It's about these street about gangs warriors. that go to war, basically. <laughs> what? It, uh, city street gangs just going to war. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it's like kind of just like a sort of a grease movie, but just like hardcore, like more intense. Is it kind of like um, more violent? Gangs of New York. Type? Sort of, but more contemporary. What was it, like 1980s? Oh, is okay. it, is 80s or 70s? In yeah. the city, is it yeah. New York City, I think, too? Mm. It's cool. Oh. Copy and paste. Then copy we got... Copy and paste. Wait, repeat. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> we got Reservoir Dogs. Nice. You're Mr. Orange. You're Mr. Pink. That's a pretty good impression of Joe. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. <laughs> and then recently, well, recently, two months ago, Grayson watched Audition. Amazing. Great Japanese film. Itchy the Killer. Then Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, this is July, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> people, so people have sent these in over like the last couple we months. We have so many. Yeah, we got. It takes a while to get to them. We'll get to yeah. them. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. All right. Next up, we got Christian, Christian Harford. <laughs> His profile photo is is Tony Soprano as Oppenheimer, and it says, "I am become Tony, destroyer of Baba Ghoul." Where's the Gabagool? Gabagool. Oh my god. All right. First up, we got the thing. Amazing. I'm already love. loving this. I'm loving this. Love. Love. Slay, say, slay. Slay. Convert these boys to say slay, slay. in the emails. It's our sign-off now. Yeah. In our greetings. Exactly. Slay. Slay. I love it. Oh, there's a poster I can't read, this fucking poster. Behind, it's Tenet. Behind Tenet. every movie podcast, there's a, a woman pulling the strings. Exactly. A Gen Z woman pulling the strings. <laughs> Keeping us from getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't say that. This is a red sniper scope. Canceled. It might be best not to do that, James. <laughs> Literally a conversation two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it might be prudent to leave that out. <laughs> you might, yeah. All right, next up for Christian Tenet with a really cool poster. It's uh, the clock and each, ha- each digit is instead a letter from the word Tenet. Cool. 
Then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, absolute fucking banger. Oh, yeah. And then The Northman. What a great I love pick. That movie. Look at the poster. That's awesome. I'd get that for sure. It's pretty Whoa. hardcore. I'd pretty get hardcore. That. I'd get that. Big time. Big time. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> then finally, we have Nick. Nick Rice on Letterboxd gave us his top four, and it is Interstellar. Nice. Love. Good Will Hunting. Slay. Slay, yes. slay, You missed it at the New Bev. I know. Last month. Who plays it at 2.30 p.m.? Matinee. Some people got to work, bro. <laughs> Sorry. It was a laugh riot, man. We were, the audience was fucking cracking up. It was great. Oh, man. Then we got La La Land. Amazing. And I drive. It's only part-time. It's for the movies. It's for the movies. I love your taste in cinema. Excellent job. Also, recently, Nick, two months ago, watched <laughs> This Isn't to Leave, Old Boy, Oppenheimer, and then Barbie. July. <laughs> Old Boy was out in theaters what a month. in June, right? Yeah, that June. Yeah. June 10th, I think it was the date. You saw Old Boy in theaters for the first time, right? I did, mm. yeah. How'd you it like was, it? I guess the plot kind of halfway through, because I was like, I feel like this movie would... Sorry. Good. Um... You know, I guess the plot like halfway through because I felt like this movie would absolutely do something so fucked up, but I couldn't foresee how fucked up it was going to be. It's very insane story. Um, I hesitate saying it was a great story just because, <laughs> you know, it's messed up. It's so messed up, but it was a fantastic uh, movie. I'm that's, so glad I get yeah. to watch it or got to watch it in yeah. person. That's in amazing. Theaters, yeah. I can't believe that was your first time seeing it in the theater. Yeah. That's awesome. I felt Mine was like Netflix a 90s mail. kid. <laughs> Netflix DVD. On a, yeah, standard definition DVD on, on mail. a 1080p HD TV. <laughs> 26 inch TV. It's great. It looked amazing. On a little laptop. 13 inch. All right, everybody. Let's get into what we've been watching this past week. Now, we did an episode on this movie. It was the first movie of this past week. Killers of a Flower Moon. I think we all gave it the same rating. I personally gave Killers a five-star rating, and I wrote, The greatest director who ever lived a staggering masterwork. Martin Scorsese proves once again that he is the greatest filmmaker in history with this monumental cinematic achievement. You gave it five stars. Five stars, baby. I actually dropped mine to four and a half because I originally so you hated it, it five. So yeah, I absolutely hated it. Nine out of ten. Um, Pretty so good scene better. The way I did it be <laughs> Yeah, good scene better. It's no Midnight Ruin. But... um. <laughs> Because I was, I was thinking about him, like, comparing it to Scorsese's other films in terms of other five-star movies he's made, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas <laughs> for me, and then even Departed, I think, is a five-star film for me. Agreed. I would put it below those films and maybe even a couple other Scorsese movies, so that's why I dropped it down to a four and a half. But, I mean, it's one of the best-made movies this decade, hands down, and we have De Niro, DiCaprio, plus Lee Gladstone. The cast is sensational, so I did drop it down to four and a half. After contemplation. So you have past mm -hmm. lives over it? For this year? Yeah. Yeah, I got past lives out of five, man. Really? Wow. I love that movie. And uh, Martin Scorsese's The Greatest Treasure in Cinema is my review. That's the uh, hopeless romantic in you. It, dude, that movie hit me so hard. You're so hopeless. <laughs> you, you're telling me, sister. <laughs> me, me trying, me just this single lonely man. I'm just kidding. A rough year for you. Oh, sorry, man. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> a joke. <laughs> Do you guys want to... Do you want to talk about that? Was a bit group therapy that was, or we could go fight in the desert. That was, yeah, that was meant to be sarcastic, self-deprecating, not completely self-deprecating. Kind of true. Sort of true. <laughs> a little too true. It's okay. I'm busy. I have a lot of things going on. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Juno keeps you company. I've had two breakups this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Didn't you do the breakups? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was... Uh, no, no, no. One. <laughs> not the other. I was a dumpy, then a dump 
Er. Or vice dumpy. versa. Dumpy. <laughs> dumper. <laughs> you are a dumper, man. What a funny word to call yourself. Uh, AKA a piece of shit. Basically. <laughs> dumper. I was, I was both at both sides of the coin this year. But hey, that's life. That's life. That's life. <laughs> Shut up. I hear you I do that. Every time someone's That's not a more. <laughs> that's a more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad. What did you rate Kills of the Flower Moon? Saturday I rated nights, it the a loneliest night. Let her talk. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go karaoke. Um, I rated it five stars, but for I think I might bump it down to four and a half because I thought I did four and a half, and then after looking at it, I'm like, oh. Um, like I saw some people's reviews and their critiques, I felt were valid. Like walking out of the theater. I was just so blown away, like three and a half hours. I didn't even feel it. And I think it's such a heavy and delicate story that only Scorsese could tell. Um, and it was shot beautifully. The acting was God tier. But yeah, I think I saw some of the reviews and I thought they were pretty valid. And so I would I would do four and a half as well. As Not to take movie. away from like how amazing it was. And the thing is, four and a half is a sensational Nine out score. Ten. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. For me, four and a half is a five because five is like <laughs> God. It's S tier. Yeah. Well, we were talking yesterday because I had so many five star ratings, and I realized that the majority of my ratings were five star because I only had rated four hundred movies. Mm. So then last night I rated a bunch of movies. I've rated like almost a thousand now. So now it's my my most popular rating is a four star rating now. That's still that quite a, better. Yeah, it's better than what it was yeah. yesterday. My most popular is a actually a three and a half. Same. So you hate movies. I I despise. We're movies. honest people. Every time I'm watching a movie, I'm just I hate this. <laughs> no, I'm having a ter- having cinema. a terrible time right now. <laughs> no, but you. I was going through I was going through movies and I was like, oh, three star, three and a half stars. So I was like, okay, actually, yeah. there are a lot of three star movies out there. Mm-hmm. Yours, your graph used to be your bar graph on Letterboxd was a company in great profit. Yeah, <laughs> like going up, man. You were going to the moon. <laughs> Record profits. <laughs> we fired five thousand employees. Record profits. <laughs> <laughs> funny how that works <laughs> anyways next up <laughs> i watched dr jackal and mr hyde to continue my streak of universal monster movies four stars and then i, I wrote i've been saying jekyll wrong the whole time i always thought it was dr jackal but it's dr jekyll i thought it was jekyll i thought it was it's jekyll they well, say you say, Je- yeah. well you say jackal yeah it's, oh. i've always said jekyll in this film it's jekyll in this film jekyll. came out in 1931 so i think they they're, they're not the first adaptation, but the first one was a silent film. Mm. So this is the first sound one. So they say Dr. Jekyll. I was like, fuck. But is that correct? Or were they just the first ones to pronounce it? I'm not sure what's correct. Well, mm. I, I feel like it's changed. It's been changed to Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, in, that was I, I, I think Jekyll is the most widely used way of saying it, but they say Jekyll in this movie. It's kind of like how a vampire used to be vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Vampire. Yeah. Well, the original spelling of vampire was V-A-M-P-Y-R. Right. Yeah, vampire. Vampire. Yeah. But this film's fantastic, and it has, we talked about it in our Universal Monsters episode, the incredible one-take special effect transition of the makeup. So what they did was they, in the transformation of him, he's just facing camera, and he transforms into Mr. Hyde. His face becomes dark and sunken. It was just a makeup thing. So what they did is they, since it's shot black and white, they shot him normally, but they had a huge, they had red lights on him and normal lights on him too. And they painted his face with red makeup, where the sunken eyes are, where the hollowed out cheeks are, and under his eyes as well, to give him in his forehead to give him that monstrous quality. 
And so what they did was when they had the red light on him, since it matched the makeup, it didn't make up the vi- makeup visible. And then during the shot, they turn off the red lights, and then suddenly that red makeup looked black on screen. That's so genius. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, because it was black and white, we can't really tell, you know? Exactly, yeah. I've seen those, like, TikTok videos, people, like, doing makeup in different, like, either red light or blue light. Mm. So that's really cool. But, yeah, yeah seeing it black and white, it's, it's very simple, smooth, yeah. And I respect that so much because they had to figure out how to do this stuff without any kind of technology that we have today with mm-hmm. digital technology and just figuring out these crazy practical magic effects, basically, to create the illusion of magic on camera. So cool, man. It's sensational stuff, man. Sensational. It, holds up. it looks amazing. It looks amazing. James? My, <clears throat> my next watch was probably one we watched together. Indeed. We uh, watched Halloween, the original, from 1978, which we're doing an episode on Monday, October 30th, the day before Halloween. Get ready for that next week on Monday. And I gave this classic a four and a half star rating. This is my review for Halloween. Not only is Halloween one of the most iconic horror movies of all time, but it's also one of the most important films made in the 1970s. John Carpenter took $300,000, filmed the movie in 20 days, and created the most successful horror IP in history. Carpenter proved that an independent film on a small budget could be wildly successful as it grossed $70 million at the box office, and obviously since then has made 13 movies and just one of the most iconic legendary characters ever in cinema. His POV handheld voyeuristic style also gave life to a new style of horror. Carpenter was so confident in his film, he barely took any payment at only $10,000 up front despite wearing multiple hats, including director, composer, and co-writer. He composed it? Yeah, he did the music. Wow. They're on such a low budget. So he created that... Yeah. He did it in three days, the music. Iconic. I know. Crazy. They had no budget, so like they were just like... When you listen to our episode on, on Monday, we talk about all the behind the scenes of this movie because it's a great story. There's, I'm sure this documentary is made about it because it's that interesting. I bet, yeah. I gave it a four and a half stars as well, and I wrote, John Carpenter is the fucking man. <laughs> That's all you need to write. That's it. All right, Nat, what did you watch next? I actually watched Cat People. Oh, nice. No way. Paul Schrader. I'm in my 40s era. Oh, the um, original. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, yeah. the 42. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... I'm finding that I really love these like old movies because the pacing is different, the acting is different, but the way they tell a story is just so new to me, so it's very refreshing. And that one, I think it's one like the historical ones in a sense because you know that scene when she's like walking um, down the road and she hear like she hears footsteps behind mm-hmm. her and she doesn't see anybody. Um, so I kept I was reading about this specific scene and how it builds tension and kind of. Um, diverts your attention you know when like the the car comes in mm-hmm. when you expect something to jump out but it, like comes in from the right i don't know and people I, don't understand how hard it was to make sound design back then yeah exactly and um yeah with like no music and it being black and white like no jump scares either so yeah building tension and having that like uneasy feeling i think it was uh yeah, it's cool. Nice, nice. I feel like nowadays we get a lot of jump scares or a lot of like gore or whatever, which is great in its own um, respect. But yeah, watching these old horror, let's see, I think air quotes. Is it, would you say air quotes for horror, for, for cat people specifically? Well, I mean, the thing with a lot of those horror movies, they, it's not, horror back they weren't then. super scary. Yeah. Yeah. For us, we're so desensitized. Exactly, but exactly. I still call it horror. That was a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, we were saying the other day in an episode how a lot of modern horror movies rely so much on music to scare you. It's yes. really the music that gets you jol- jol- jolting 
mm-hmm. and gets you amped up and it's really not really what's happening on screen they'll do a jump scare but like they make you feel scared with the music and it's kind mm-hmm. of like cheap shrills cheap thrills i think that's what you called it in the shrills Halloween and episode. thrills shrills and thrills yeah shrills and thrills. <laughs> it's just too cheap and fake but i actually watched another black and white classic with no music as well the bride of frankenstein which came out in 1935. I gave it five stars, and I wrote a perfect horror film. This is the uh, one of the only two. I gave two Universal Monster movies I have given five stars. It's this one and another one I'll get to in a little bit. Um, but it's just a perfect film. It improves upon the first Frankenstein movie in every way possible. It's a fantastic uh, story, tragic, uh, very meaningful themes, and it's just one of my favorite monster movies of all time. It's incredible. That was actually one of my watches too because we did our Universal Monsters, Universal's monster movie episode oh, yeah. that posted yesterday on Wednesday. I mean on Wednesday this week, which was an excellent episode because we talked about the classics, uh, the contemporary versions, as well as upcoming Universal monster movies. And so I watched Bride of Frankenstein for the first time, and I loved it. It was awesome. I like Frankenstein a lot, the original from 1931 as well, but I think you're right. This is better. I gave it four and a half stars as well. And, I mean, the the makeup design is sensational, plus giving Frankenstein dialogue and making it more intelligent than in the first one. He's just a lumbering, jumbering, bumping into things, killing people guy who just really doesn't have a ton of intelligence, but sort of like he's an got, innocent. He doesn't have much going for him. He's got a little bit of – he's got an innocent quality to him, but he's met with so much negativity and, and – uh, threats and he's met with violence and he's met with hostility that's why he always projects hostility back but then making frankenstein more intelligent and the irony of creating a bride for frankenstein that doesn't want to be his bride i think is really funny <laughs> you're, what'd your you say? Life. You, i can do better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like nah not for what's me your, what, how much do you earn <laughs> he might Sorry, be six, how tall are you six yeah. fig- oh you're five eleven you're not no. six figures he's a, you're six six but nah nah honey no Sorry, sweetie. You don't have a Seven job. Seven feet only. You don't have a job. You're unemployed. Ick. That's an ick. <laughs> those those screws in the side of your neck are not gonna do it for you. Yeah, me, bro. do those come out? Yeah. <laughs> well, ironically, I mean, the screws. Yeah, they are in this one. Yeah, the screws are there. Is it the same actor as the first one? Yeah, mm-hmm. Boris, Boris Karloff. I love that guy. Jinx. Yeah. So yeah, four and a half stars. <laughs> Nat, you got another watch? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Do you like movies, bro? No, she hates them like me. I literally gag at the sound of film. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, I watched I Married a Witch. I, I gave that one three and a half. It's um I don't know that 1942, one. I think same year as Cat People. Um Yeah, I think it's just like a silly silly movie, like these witches, you know, back during like Salem trials, they died and uh they cursed the land and then they come back sometime later. They curse this family. They're like, you will have like bad luck with love for the rest of your generations. And so they come back. Not that bad of a curse. No, like we, curse. we have James here yeah, as living so, proof. So it's in the bloodline. <laughs> it's in the bloodline. Exactly. And so there's a witch, not to spoil it, but she, um, she, I think possesses a body and then makes the, the guy who's related to the first guy she cursed Makes him fall in love with her or tries to, mm-hmm. just to like get that revenge. Without like, consent. Cut deep. With con- well, if he's, cursed, I'm not gonna give it away. Well, you know, he's he's cursed to have bad luck in love, and he's uh. like betrothed to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so her plan is like, I'm gonna make him fall in love with me, but he can't have me, so that'll be like extra pain. She wants to turn him into a <laughs> sip. Is the is the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you gotta I watch it. I want to simplify this guy. Yeah, simplify. That's a good word, Anthony. Yeah, I just created Simplify. it. Simplify. You're so trendy. <laughs> All right, next up, I watched Gone Girl. 
which came out in 2014, directed by the great David Fincher. I wrote, no one makes films like Fincher. This is one of the most intriguing and brilliant mystery stories of the century. Rosamund Pike is incredible. This is just an incredible, perfect thriller. The first time I saw it, it was just so mind-blowing with that twist. And then after the twist, you have an amazing second half of the film, which is just so bonkers and wild. The cast is perfect, expertly directed, and we get surprising casting. Like, Tyler Perry's fantastic in this. Neil Patrick Harris playing, like, a very intimidating, strange man. It's excellent. Like, I was when they cast those guys, I was like, wait, NPH and Tyler Perry in a David Fincher movie? What? <laughs> but it works, and Affleck plays the lead role really perfectly, kind of like a... Similar vibes to what he went through in the 2000s, so he was perfect for the role. But Rosamund Pike steals the show. She's absolutely amazing. One of my favorite Fincher movies, for sure. And it blew my hair back the first time I saw it. I feel like I've seen it like 10 times. That's how much I like Gone Girl. Do you watch it a lot as a kid? I watched it all the time when we were kids, man. We had it on VHS. I watched it after you would watch Airheads on VHS. I'd watch Gone Girl. (laughs) When I let you watch it. Because I was too busy watching Airheads. (laughs) This is a joke where we were talking about Airheads. You ever seen that Brendan Fraser movie? Mm-mm. He plays a, a leader of a band, a lead singer of a band, and they take over. Adam Sandler, uh, Steve Buscemi are in the band. Yeah, it's great. I think I've seen like yeah. a trailer for, but I it's never fun. watched it. Yeah, they take like over it. a radio station, like and hold it ransom basically to uh, get their song, their music played on the air. It's actually like super rock and roll to do. It's something a fun like that. movie. It's a really yeah. fun movie. But we were talking about it. And Anthony's like, yeah, I've seen that movie like fifteen times. We're like, I'm like, there's no way you've seen Airheads fifteen <laughs> times, even. Brendan Fraser hasn't seen Airheads 15 <laughs> times. <laughs> Anthony has time on his hands, okay? I watched a lot of movies as a kid, you know? I, we played he a lot of Game Boy. I, I had that little DVD player, Bro. a little six-inch screen We DVD had the player. same thing, and guess yeah. what? I watch Aquamarine every <laughs> single day after school. I'd be in the I back mean, of my parents' nail salon, doing my homework, playing that movie over and over again. So That's yeah, just normal. That's what, yeah. that's niece, what kids do. Our Aquamarine. niece was addicted to watching Monsters, Inc. for like three months straight at one point. And then The Grinch in the middle of the summer for a month straight. I get it. Every day. The Grinch. She'd been there. In July. The, 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 the Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> All right. Next up, I had a little, uh, excuse me, something in my throat. That's what she said. Cat's got your tongue. <laughs> Cat's got my tongue. Uh, I was doing some Universal Monster movies, so I also watched Frankenstein, which I gave four stars. And I also watched The Invisible, Invisible Man for the first time. Yes. stars. Which blew my mind. I didn't give it five like you did, but it is sensational. I think of all the Universal Monster movies, I think it is the best. Even though Frankenstein, which I gave four stars, is my favorite probably right now. Mm-hmm. Still the Invisible Man, the, the practical effects and filmmaking of creating this invisible character, revealing the bandages. I love the, the, how crazy he gets, how insane he wants to take over the world. He becomes so intimidating in this just bringing chaos to the world. It's almost like a Joker-like figure. Very threatening. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was really sensational. It's awesome. It's hysterical and in terms of like little things like him throwing people down the stairs over and over again. <laughs> it's a very strong story, too. But I think it's really good. But it's great. the best part is like there's multiple versions of an Invisible Man storytelling. Mm-hmm. And always it's like within the second act, the person becomes invisible, whether it's Hollow Man or the new Invisible Man. Like, they're invisible at some point later on. Or the new Invisible Man, he's got the tech, but he's He has got that bodysuit. Yeah, 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 which is really cool. But this one, it, it opens up. Opening scene is this mysterious man covered in bandages with sunglasses at this little inn, this little place to get a room. He's already an invisible guy. There's no need to show yeah. him doing the process of becoming invisible. We get like exposition of that from the other uh, mm-hmm. characters in the yeah. film. His old colleagues and his, his, old, uh, his, his sweetheart who's just looking for him, so worried about him. <laughs> And I think it's just awesome to just start the movie off 
boom, he's already invisible. That's what yeah. I like. I like to get straight into the action and like minimal like verbal exposition. We didn't need to see the mad scientist doing the experiment. It was just mm-hmm. great. And it's so mysterious for people who saw the film for the first time to be like, what is going on? This guy with bandages on his face and sunglasses wearing covering his eyes. It's great. But versus Frankenstein, the mad scientist creating the monster is one of the best parts of that movie. It's so interesting how like in the 1930s, it seemed like they were so aware of like, let's, let's do a similar story, but make it a little different or a different style. Keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Whereas today it's just the same copy, paste, copy, paste, (laughs) copy, paste. Like you said earlier. Right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks man. It was great. You can see why I think it's so amazing, right? Freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. I've been talking it up for a while. That's all I talk about. It's the Invisible Man. Period. He's trying to become, in every conversation. He's he trying to become up. the Invisible Man. Uh, I'm in a podcast. Red flag. I mean, do I need to be seen? <laughs> you have a face for podcasts. Ironically, if I was invisible, I would become an internet sensation. You know, I'd have a, a huge social media following. It would just be photos of empty Nothing space. Nothing happening. <laughs> just be in the backyard, but it's me. I can tag myself. It's like, Juno, and it's like me with my cat. So handsome. <laughs> that's actually, it's your world we're living in, a king. That's actually an interesting. King. That's an interesting thing to do. They would be the invisible person would be super famous. Wait, oh, that you, should be a project. You know how like the AI influencers yeah, make an, an invisible, invisible one. <laughs> you just need like a green suit. Yeah, like do the Green Man suit from so, uh, Oh Sunny in Philadelphia. Sunny in Philadelphia, and someone uh-huh. can do that. Well, you don't even have to do a suit or anything. Just, or just, do, even just like, take photos of yeah, because then you can like. Interact with, you can interact with objects and wear like yeah. a t-shirt or something. Another project for you. Or paint yourself into the wall. <laughs> Have you seen those? Paint yourself oh, yeah. into the yeah, wall. Yeah, so you like you stand right here and then we just like paint as if you weren't mm. there. So you like blend in like chameleon. Oh, that yeah. Would be cool. Like Sherlock does in Game of Shadows. He does it a couple I of times. Sure. Painting himself in the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's not believable. Yeah. Because imagine there's just like a lump on the wall. You'd be like, no, for sure. And then you move on. <laughs> It's like the latest design of my camouflage. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Also, Doctor Watson's not the sharpest guy. Doctor Watson, a great writer. he's sharp. He's a great. He's a great writer. And I, I feel like in the movies he might be more intelligent than he is in the books. Not that he's not very intelligent. No, that's right. Yeah. In the books, he's not. Uh, he they make him more keen and more clever in the movies. Much more practical. More uh, elementary. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> It's so simple. Yeah. He's just a much more practical thinker in the books, but in the movies, he's have got more of that great logic like Sherlock does. Yeah. Not quite as close, but I feel like he would give him a few extra X, XP points in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Nat, what do you got next? I watched the Scream um, movies. All of them? Not all of them. I watched the first three. Nice. The originals? The originals, yeah. Uh, two was my favorite, actually. I think the really? first one was like shocking because you're like, you know... Did you know Did about the opening? Things? No, no. You, you, yeah, yeah spoiler, everyone, everybody's seen Scream. Spoiler, yeah. but everyone's oh, seen okay, Scream. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. You're the only person alive who hasn't seen Scream until now. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Scary Movie and then I watched Scream. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh that's a scene. Oh, oh, my God. God. oh, so the penis in the ear is actually supposed to be a knife. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, in the bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're probably like, wow, <laughs> Scream did a great job referencing Scary Movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like the less funny version of Scary Movie, actually. <laughs> Um, did, did you did you know about Drew Barrymore's death in the opening scene? Yeah. Okay, yes. so unfortunately that was spoiled. It was a little bit spoiled, but I do love to watch, you know, people talking about history of um, film, especially horror films. So mm. learning about all of that before going into it, I was able to kind of pay attention a little more and see the details and try to like catch people in suspicious actions. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're actually yeah. watching that with our Discorders uh, tonight. 
So exciting. It will be uh, Wednesday. I mean, t- yeah, Wednesday night. So this is Friday episode, but two days ago we did it on Discord. We it. had a great time. It was great. <laughs> Remember that time we were joking oh, about was, that it was, thing? It was a great, it was a great, it was great evening. <laughs> Last thing I'll say about it, I think the scream, like the killers in every movie, it's so funny when they put on that suit and they just become so clumsy. Terrible like they killers. Stop being human and they're just like they bump these, into everything. Exactly, these bag of bones just like flopping everywhere, but flailing like, the knife around yeah, like a bonehead. Yeah, yeah. Just like run into her with the knife straight in your hand. So You're, she's dead. Yeah. The the flailing the knife around I get, but also like that annoys me. Some especially in the newer ones, it gets a little too much. Like they are like clearly like trying swing. not to hit them. Like that is a, a huge hook of a swing. Just like yeah, a straight stab, you killing everybody. Ghostface has never done a straight stab. But like if you've ever worn a Ghostface suit and it's pretty long and it's big, mm-hmm. you can trip over stuff pretty easy. Yeah, the cape, that's a really good yeah, point. Cape, you know, it was a very popular costume when we were kids. It was everybody like when the first and two screams came out, everybody dressed up as Ghostface. For some Halloween. Yeah. It's not a great support. murdering outfit because no. I remember I, we wore it like three years in a row. I yeah. tripped over the front of it like so many times. You, you step on it. Like I'm sure you've worn a dress where like sometimes. He tried to kill some yeah. girl and he couldn't hit her. Yeah. <laughs> Were you falling around? Ugh, I, I was trying I was trying to kill her, man. I just couldn't, couldn't get couldn't it. stab her. And I was, I was, because well, I watched the movie. So I was doing the hooks. I was doing the really wide hooks. Because yeah. It seemed like you're the, trying to learn trying from to, the movie. Yeah, she, yeah. Ra- she got random easily. We yeah. were all making fun of him. Yeah. Back I, home. I, yeah. It was very meta, meta scream. You an idiot. <laughs> Did you know about the masks though? What about them? So they were trying to get the mask because um, it already existed before the movie. And they were having troubles with. Um, what do you call it? The, copyright? The copyright mm. uh, with what, what company was that? Like a Fun World or something? Uh. And so they made a mask that was like close enough to it. So in the first one, there are a couple of scenes where, um, well, they ended up resolving it and they were able to use the mask that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But in a couple of scenes, like with the principal, when he like puts on the mask, that's like the new design that looks kind of funky. Oh. Yeah. So there are a couple of scenes where they still have the old one, but mm-hmm. um, the rest of them are like the normal masks. I'll have to look that up tonight. Yeah. I'll have to pay attention to that. The Fonz. Mm-hmm. I love how the, the Fonz. Henry Winkler. <laughs> He's the coolest guy alive. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Next up, I watched, I was in the mood for some Scorsese. So I watched The Age of Innocence, which came out in 1993, starring the great Daniel Day-Lewis, the great Michelle Pfeiffer and the great Winona Ryder. We love Winona in this season. I wrote, four and a half star rating, Martin Scorsese expertly dramatizes the excellent novel for the screen in the sumptuous display of style and passion to contrast the opulence and tradition within the high society of New York. Michelle Pfeiffer and Daniel Day-Lewis torch the screen with their forbidden love as they try, to, they try their best to temper insatiable desire amongst the organized hierarchy of culture and community Scorsese's camera weaves through the drawing rooms and ballrooms with an inquisitive eye, and Thelma Schoonmaker instinctively edits specific imagery of the world as the scenes play out, connecting us to the food, art, customs, and decor of the time. Without a doubt, one of the great epic romances. What an elegant review. Thank you. So, I had to match the tone of the movie. Sumptuous. Yeah. Did so you practice word. this morning? <laughs> <laughs> this movie's not well liked. On I'm on Letterboxd, it's only a 3.8. Actually, it's pretty good. That's a good score. Man. Um, it's a really incredible film. It's all about high society, but the way what makes Scorsese such a great filmmaker is whatever world he's he's uh, portraying on screen, he inserts the audience into that world with great authenticity and detail. We saw it with Killers, with like so many references and examples of the Osage community and their culture and their customs. And same thing with this, we see like 
we'll, we'll have a dialogue scene, and then Scorsese will just cut to the jewelry Michelle Pfeiffer's wearing, then pan up to her. So we can see, like, what someone's wearing, and then he, there's so many insert shots of the foods and the artwork and paintings to really give us a sense of, like, what are people looking at who are in these rooms? Like, what are what is the experience like? And it can be hard to relate to. Um, I th- I've seen that as the main criticism. It's just rich people in New York. What's the story here? But the idea is you're putting yourself into that community. For them, this whole story is just about gossip, pr- pretty much. But for those people, gossip means life or death. Mm-hmm. And, and goss- bad gossip means ostracization from your community. And so if, even though this world is hard to relate to, it's all rich people and they're eating fine food and dining and going to party after party – for them, that is the life and death stakes of their world. And then he understands that and translates it on screen. Plus, he, he's a great adapter at whatever he's telling the story about. Like mm-hmm. the elegant filmmaking to match the elegance and grace of the aristocracy uh, aristocracy of that world. Yeah. As well as, I mean, going back to like Color of Money, the speed and energy yeah. of playing pool to the filmmaking of that. And I mean, even Cape Fear almost feeling like a horror movie. Just so he's great at adapting adapting his style of directing to whatever he's making. It's a great point. About. It's a great point. Thanks, man. My final watch of the week was a movie we're going to do an episode on very soon. V for Vendetta. I gave this baby four and a half stars. It's obviously talks about, well, I'll read my review. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason, treason in plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten. Did you write that? I did. After I copy and pasted it. He's a poet. He's a slam poet. Slam poetry. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, (laughs) the gunpowder treason, and plot, plot, plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason, 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 should ever be for God, God, God. (laughs) Cynthia. (laughs) Now, we're doing an episode on November 6th because that's a Monday. The 5th of November is on a Sunday. We can't pass up movie news. Movie news has to be on Sundays. It's a staple of the show. But I recommend everybody do your homework. Watch this sensational film because it is eerily, eerily even more relevant than ever before. Mm -hmm. I've been saying that for every time I've watched this movie, whether it's like when it came out, what what year is it? 2005. Damn. It always felt more relevant than ever, more relevant than ever. But the last five years, watch this movie, you're going to be like, what is everything? Mm -hmm. What what the fuck is going on? It's one of my favorite comic book movies. I think it's top 10 easily, without a doubt. It could be top five. And it's, I love 1984. It's my favorite novel. And so this is basically the superhero version of 1984. Absolutely Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, it's funny how all these like, you know, films, these books come out kind of warning us about what could happen if this happens and we as a society just we watch let the, that happen. We, let <laughs> we watch the movies, we read we're the like, stories, we're like, Oh yeah, government media yeah. why don't you guys just marry? Yeah, why not? <laughs> anyway, just move it's on awesome. with your life. It's an awesome movie. All right. Nat, did you watch anything else this week? What else did I watch? I will say I um I finally rated Close on uh, Letterboxd. Great movie. Yeah. Tears in my eyes. I did not expect that to happen. The Jude Law and Natalie Portman breakup scene is like... No, 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 no. The Oh, the the French film. Yeah, the The French French film. Not Closer. I thought you meant Closer, Mm -hmm. but Closer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect it to go that way. I think I also went to the Alamo and yeah. saw it, yeah. We saw it we together. the whole time. Did we? Oh, my God. We <laughs> did right. see it together. <laughs> Movie buddies. Movie buddies. Yeah, we, we saw that. I got the big popcorn. It Dude. was a, Alamo's pull of popcorn is literally a fucking giant metal bowl of popcorn. It was I'm just standing there huge. choking. I can't eat popcorn. Metal bowl? Metal bowl. Like like that we have. 
Like that big one that we have, yeah. it's bigger than that. Wow, that's cool. No, I can't eat like popcorn. that. You make that you mix wings in with the sauce. Yeah. That. but it's a very powerful film. But yeah, yeah. Continue. No, I mean that's it. I just it was really powerful and watching you know friendship um, and just kind of falling apart and it's it felt very reminiscent of you know middle school high school where you're trying to be somebody yeah. and you kind of lose yourself for the people closest to you along the way. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. about a kid. It's these two boys, they're childhood best friends, and then mm-hmm. it's not even implying that they're um, um, that they're in a relationship where they have that kind of intimate desire for one mm-hmm. another. But other students think that they're a couple, right? And that makes one of them very uncomfortable, and he basically ostracizes his best friend for it, and and pushes him away, and it leads that other friend to do something very drastic, and then mm-hmm. he's now dealing with the fallout of that. But it's all about like the fear of how other people perceive you can be a strong motivator for your actions, and he he fell victim to that. Yeah, it's a great. I loved it. I gave it four and a half stars. I should. You know what? I'm gonna go in. I gave it four stars. I was so stingy She's back then. It up. Yeah, I'm gonna give it five stars. <laughs> nice. Whoa! It's that good. Whoa, I almost, I almost you. gave it five. Done. I almost gave it five. Five, five. stars from Natalie. That that is, that's close. huge. I'm like a dust in this universe, so all I have is my five star reviews. And this <laughs> one deserved it. You didn't even give Goodfellas a five star. Review. I didn't. I gave. Yeah. I think I gave Goodfellas a four and a half. Whoa. Why? Okay. I don't listen. Hey, it's nine out of ten. That's, here. that's fine. Here, here, here. No, 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 no. Don't let us influence no, you. No, no, you will never influence me. <laughs> <laughs> because you were talking about Goodfellas last night so glowingly. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Four and a half. That's a five star for me, basically. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't just like not... hit me emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. But how many times have you seen Goodfellas? Twice. All right. It gets better the more times you watch it. No, it's it. a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. That's it's like, awesome. It's so good. I mean, I was. I sometimes I just think about that movie, like certain shots, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Fucking a, fucking Marty." Man. I think it's my most watched movie of all time. I think yeah. mine too. That and Gladiator. It just didn't make me cry. So, four and a half. Make me weep, <laughs> and I'll give movie you five. When are you supposed cry? to cry in that movie? <laughs> exactly. You don't cry. <laughs> all right. Next up, I watched a movie I hadn't seen in a while, but I love Attack the Block nice. from Joe Cornish and producer Edgar Wright. Actually, produced this film. This is if anyone hasn't seen it, it doesn't have that many reviews on Letterbox. Only thirteen thousand, so it's pretty. Uh, it was big when it came out into twenty eleven. It was a big deal. Um, it's about an alien invasion of like alien monsters and a group of local kids who end up at, uh, fighting them and just basically saving the neighborhood, saving the block in the London, block. right? In London, and the kids they all talk like LEG pretty much. It's like that part of London. <laughs> Booyakasha. Exactly. The, check it here. Check I'm it. here with my main That's man. That's wicked. <laughs> you ever seen Alan Come on, bruv. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. You ever seen Alan We are going to... You, gotta, you gotta, know what it is? You would love it. Do you know what? of it? No. Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. So Sasha Baron Cohen, obviously, you know Borat. Yeah, yeah. And you know Bruno. Mm-hmm. But his original character was called this guy called Ali G. He was just like... Like a white boy gangster, and oh. he like would dress up in this crazy outfits, and that's what started it for him. He, he wow. had a TV yeah. show on HBO, and he was so popular. He was interviewing like crazy famous people, but also politicians. He interviewed Trump like yeah. back in like 1999. He it, tried to yeah, sell Trump ice cream gloves. Ice cream. Gloves. So he goes. He, so he asked Trump, and he's in character when he does his interviews for either the Boy, yeah, for any of the characters. Interviews. So he just completely immerses himself as the character when he's talking to real people in interviews, whether it's Borat. Um, Bruno or Ali G. In the Ali G one, he goes to Trump, what's the most popular thing in the world? And Trump goes, music? He goes, it's a good answer. <laughs> but ice cream. And he's like, what What happens when you eat ice cream? It drips all over your heads. So he goes, 
I want to sell ice cream gloves. So you, so you put on plastic gloves when you eat ice cream so it doesn't drip all over your hands. And Trump's like, oh, okay, uh, we're going to go. <laughs> Shark Tank would love him. It, it, yeah, it's, it's great. He pitched a, a hoverboard <laughs> to, to somebody. He's like, here's, here's the deal. You ever seen Back to the Future? I'm going to make a hoverboard. And the guy he's talking to is like, well, we don't have the technology or money to do that. He's like, well, he's, no, he's like, do you have the technology and money for that? He's like, that's where you come in. That's where you come in. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But that's then hilarious. so his show was all three of the characters, but Ali G was like the lead. And then he made a, a movie called Ali G in the house. It's amazing. The house, the house. Martin Freeman plays his best friend, little Bilbo. Amazing. It's, it's, you, that's dude. not his name okay. in the movie. <laughs> no, I mean like... <laughs> Because <laughs> it sounds like a, a street name, Little Bilbo. Little Bilbo. Little Bilbo. Lil I or L I L. Yeah. If anyone's never seen Ali G, yeah. the TV show from HBO, look it up on YouTube it's or great. on HBO. I'm sure it's still on Max. Because Borat was extremely successful, but he did Ali G like three years before that, and it was Got popular it. in the UK, but not really in America. That was like my favorite show for like. Three we years watched in a row. it. It was on like HBO Max. It was just HBO. Back HBO. Back. Um. Yeah. HBO. HBO Go. Yeah, HBO. Yeah, HBO. It was before streaming. It was just on HBO's channel. Yeah. Oh, Man. Wow. Anyways, watch LG. And my review for Attack the Block was... This Boy, movie, <laughs> This movie fucking rocks. <laughs> An awesome sci-fi monster movie with tons of blood and laughs. Teenagers in movies used to be so cool. They used to be so cool. They used to be. These kids were... So, I, like, I was watching these because I'm like, these guys are fucking awesome. They're so cool. Badasses. All right. James. And then I'm all done with movies, but also that was John Boyega's big breakout. Big breakout for John Boyega. This is his first lead. But yeah, I have no more watches. Nat, do you have any more watches? I have one more. What do you got? Of course you do. You Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Uh, I gave it four stars. It's fucking hilarious. It's madness. It's bonkers. Super bloody. Extremely entertaining. I loved it. I haven't seen it in a while. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that wraps our letterbox recap this week thanks to everybody for sending in your letterboxd top four if you haven't done that yet just send us an instagram dm screenshot us your letterbox natalie thank you so much for joining us on letterbox recap this is so fun yeah uh, right yeah and let us know yeah you're gonna be on the show more often it was a blast natalie's been producing the show for a month and a half now two months she is awesome she's great and we're so happy to introduce you to the listeners and fans out there Slay. 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 <laughs> all right, see y'all next time. Oh, we got to pitch oh, some episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we've been, we've been, been put, all right, producer credit over here. We gotta, Anthony, we got to pitch stuff. Do yeah. It. We got Universal Monsters. Yes. Was out on Wednesday. Out on Wednesday. Monday we did... You edited it. I don't know. You promoted it. <laughs> what did we do on Monday? We did... We did it all blends together. Something really cool. <laughs> oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, Killers of the Flower Moon. It was on Monday. And if you haven't seen that yet, it opens spoiler-free for 30 minutes. Yes, sir. And so you can watch it guilt-free for a half hour, then go watch it and come back and guilt free. The <laughs> to the episode again. And then next week on Monday, we're doing an episode on... What do we do? <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. Halloween on Monday, October 30th. And then a very special episode with our great friends... The Shits and Gigs podcast. They are a top five podcast on Spotify. James and Fuhad, they're from the UK. They are in Los Angeles doing a bunch of shows. And they came in studio, in person. We did an episode with them yesterday. It was so much fun. These guys are awesome. They're hysterical. And it was just really awesome to meet them in person. Finally. It was great. Yeah, it was, great. It, was, it was a ton of fun. So don't miss that on Wednesday. We're also going to do Daniel Craig's James Bond movies coming up after that. And lots of other stuff. Cooking. 
Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Is that your impression? Okay, bye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.